Hi, and welcome to today's episode of From Creation to Close, the podcast where we sit down with professionals from all corners of the business to look at how they are using brand materials to be successful. My name is Christina Dolan, and today we're sitting down with Cliff Core, Director of Client Success at Emma. Cliff is responsible for leading program development for Emma's VIP client base, very cool, while working with their customer and product teams to ensure a quality Emma experience, which of course, everyone always has. I love Emma. Cliff has over 10 years of marketing and client management experience, and I can't wait to hear his insight on everything. And now, without further ado, welcome Cliff. Hey. Hey, Christina. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited. I'm pumped. So you were just saying before we started recording, your roles changed a little bit, but you know, to start things off, why don't you tell everyone a little bit about Emma and who they are and your company and what you do as director of client success? Yeah, sure. So um, I actually have a little interesting story about Emma uh, overall. I actually started working at Emma about 10 years ago. And then in that uh, in that period, I actually started on their marketing team, was there for about six and a half years. Uh, and then I left Emma. I actually went and worked for a couple other companies in town, one of which was with you, Christina. And then uh, recently, actually in the last, I guess, year and a half, an opportunity came up. Uh, to, to come back and, and, and jump in and lead Emma's uh, team of client success managers. And it's really, really cool. Somebody recently at a conference told me that that's a boomerang, that I'm apparently a boomerang, <laughs> where you work for a company for a while, leave and come back. So I just tell people that I'm, I'm a boomerang. Uh, well, it means you must have done a really good job the first time. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I tell myself. Um, no, but the, the thing uh, that I love about Emma, um, especially um, going back 10 years, or Emma was originally built uh, on the idea of creating a really easy to use email product with, you know, really great, uh, stylish design, uh, and, and the impact that makes in the inbox, as well as having friendly expert, you know, services from, from real happy people too. And that was what the, the foundation of, of, of Emma was built on. Um, and it's really cool to come back to, to have, to have left and come back and been there for about a year and a half. A lot has changed in the email, email space, particularly around, you know, tools like automation and segmentation, uh, and, and even doing more than email and, and having things like landing pages and making the, the, uh, email experience more collaborative. There, there's so much more out there now, now than just the newsletter, right? And so oh, yeah. it's our job, um, and it, it's cool to, to see that evolution take place, but it, it's it's my job and our team's job to make sure that our customers are, are getting the most out of that. Yeah, that's awesome. And actually, you must get this a lot, and I don't. I should know this information. Why is it called Emma? Is like, I know your, your logo is like a, a woman, a girl, <laughs> woman, we'll go woman. Um, <laughs> is she like a real person or something? So she's not. There is our, our director of professional services, Emma Matthews, uh, works there, and people uh, ask her all the time if she is the <laughs> Emma and she is she is a great Emma, but uh, the, uh, Emma is actually um, because because some of the early players in the space. So our, our company was founded by Clint Smith and Will Weaver, uh, two men. Um, but they, uh, they they had this idea when they were looking at other email providers and and and, and companies in that space. They felt less personal. Uh, and when I mentioned that personal touch from from friendly people, mm-hmm. they really wanted to take something like email marketing and 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 add a face, add a personality uh, to that. And so they took the first two letters of email and marketing and came up with the name Emma. Just went with it. Yeah. I love that. That's pretty cool. That's so funny. We, I'll go a little tangent of my own. We're working on personas and stuff internally, actually with our sister company Ecos. And we were going through, we wanted to put a name to each different role that we spoke to. So we have Max, the marketing manager and Sabrina, the sales manager. And well, that's super cool. So um, you're client facing now. You started off 
10 years ago. It's crazy to think a decade has gone by. But in marketing, so, you know, I was curious in what you do now, how does that marketing background affect, you know, how you make decisions and your team and your role? Yeah, no, that, that's awesome. Our, so our, and, and our role in the uh, client success organization is really um, actually across our entire existing business team. We're focused on everything from, from uh, that onboarding experience when a, a customer first comes in the door, uh, making sure that they are, everything they set out to create with their experience is, is, is met and they're you know, doing everything that they envisioned uh, on the front end. Um, and then all the way through uh, to what, what we call our growth phase, making sure that uh, when we have new features, when we have new capabilities, that we're we're right there with the customers, sharing that information with them, helping them get that set up, mm-hmm. and 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 that's kind of the piece to, to your question around how marketing really uh, how that plays a role in this. The thing that I like differently about being on a marketing team for one brand versus a marketing team for multiple brands is that I get to know those different businesses and what what their goals are, what, what what's important to them, and and and, and help them develop strategies that they'll meet those goals and, and objectives. So it's really cool for me and, and something that I still get excited about, but really just being a part of, of seeing other brands grow and, and knowing that I got to be a part of that team, um, you know, even if I'm not on staff there. So that's kind of, it, it keeps it different, keeps it exciting. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Totally keeps things spicy. I like it. Well, okay. So my next question is sort of twofold. So how you and your, you know, client facing team works with your internal marketing team at Emma, that's a very give and take relationship in any organization. So I was curious, you know, how do you use materials that your marketing team creates, you know, to, you know, for your team to do their job, you know, do you use brochures or any, you know, decks or presentations or anything like what do you use from them and on the other side of the coin you know what do you guys provide to your marketing team because I would imagine they lean heavily on you for any case studies that they want to use because you guys have all that insight so I'd love to hear both sides of that yeah so uh, really good really good question because this is actually one of the things that we were talking about beforehand but you know working you know when you're when you're sitting there working closely with an internal marketing team, but also working with outside clients, it's 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 one of those uh, lines that you you know need to make sure that everybody's getting what they need, and uh, both in terms of what we're providing from the clients to our marketing team, marketing sales team, uh, to what we're getting from sales and marketing to then give back to the clients too. So to to touch on that first part uh, with 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 the value that that we get from our marketing team, marketing team specifically during our if if you break down our phases. Um, of you know how we work with with a client. When I look at that onboarding phase, everything from uh, helping us create an actual onboarding deck, right, and uh, making sure that we have the ability to customize that, right? It's a, it's a, it's a template that um, we can work closely with them on to, to make updates based on who the brand is that we're talking to. So they, they've helped us do that. Uh, they've helped us develop talk tracks in, in, in some senses in terms of talking about new product features that come out. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's the, the really important part about product marketing specifically uh, you know, that we've uh, put a lot of focus on is really being able to, to talk about any new feature that comes out as soon as we're ready uh, to start promoting it. Because we, our team has to, has to be experts in that as we're as we're talking to customers so it's been super helpful uh, for our product marketing team uh, to make us smarter and more educated so that we can help our customers be smarter and more educated with those features yeah too yeah. Now, on on the flip side of that the three specific aspects that I love about uh, our role in, in the client success organization and the first one of those is one of the things that I have already talked about about being a part of multiple brands and, and their marketing efforts the second piece of that um, is exactly that it's the 
to, to your question, the second part of your question, is being able to feed uh, customer stories and wins and just really important activities in the life cycle of a customer back to our marketing team. So how they're engaging with new features, how they're engaging with, you know, just uh, successful sins and metrics that they're they're keeping track of. It's uh, like that. that's the second piece. And we can jump to the third whenever you're ready. But the third one is, is, is where we sit, you know, on the product side too. So being able to, to, to work closely with customers to understand what those product needs are over time so that we can help our product team advance our roadmap and and know you know what they need to be building for our most impactful customers too but i did want to specifically say that that is uh in terms of sales and marketing like our jobs are crucial to work really really closely you know with you know with our clients uh in order to to, to help feed that pipeline of customer stories and, and and needs on that front is that helpful totally totally do you guys have this is sort of a secondary question do you have weekly meetings with your marketing team you know and Secondary to that, do they, uh, you know, you're Emma, you do email. So do you run your own like client facing email and do, does marketing run like a separate, you know, everyone facing email or, or how does that yeah. work? So we have, um, so, so we have a customer marketing team within our overall marketing team. Mm-hmm. And so, yes, they are responsible for communications at a, at, at a more broad level when we have a feature release, uh, which we do on a monthly basis, to then quarterly launches and things like that. But they are, they are responsible for uh, you know, the overall brand messaging that goes out. Um, but we have actually a, a team member on our side that owns our, our, our customer communication from a, from a personal standpoint. And so if you think about our VIP customers, we want to make sure that those messages are really personal and allowing us to work in tandem with marketing. So for example, uh, we just released landing pages uh, in the last quarter, uh, which is, which has been awesome. As part of that, you know, marketing is able to send a, a broad communication out, um, both, both in the application as well as through email to announce that mm-hmm. within as part of our plan, our CSMs can actually reach out directly following up to that email, making sure that they saw it, making sure like, let's have a conversation and talk about how landing pages, uh, knowing what I know about your business and your goals, like how we can set up landing pages to really help you. So your team can do the more personalized aspect of that, like as a follow-up. If I was a VIP, that would be what I expected. Yeah. And it's one of those things too, where both are so important that that we've seen, because even if let's, let's look at that approach and actually take out the marketing aspect to it, w- it would be, it's helpful to still send it to the VIP customers, but it, it almost adds a level of, of, of more credibility too, and also a feeling of, of, of almost an, an extra special inside look, right? If, uh, if w- whether we choose to send out our message before marketing does or even following it up, um, if I'm that VIP customer, I feel that extra sense of I'm being taken care of and, um, you know, and, and, and essentially you care to, uh, you know, take the effort of that new feature and, and help me maximize it. Yeah. Yeah. It's like you're walking on the red carpet, right? <laughs> you're super important. I've never done that, but me neither, but I'm going to, I'm going to say that that's what it's like. <laughs> Bucket list <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> one day. Okay. So switching up a little bit, you know, you're an email marketing company, but you, I see stats that you guys put out all the time about the use of video with an email and how you can do that. And I was just curious, you know, how you guys use video at Emma in creative ways. You know, I'm, I'm sure there, there's all sorts of things I can't even imagine right now that you guys use video for. Yeah, I, I think one of the biggest things that we want to use video for is to showcase 
Emma's brand and the personalities of our staff. If you visit our website now, we've done a, a redesign to the point where there is um, there is a huge video component that's just playing in the background on our main homepage as well as some other subpages on the site, just really to showcase who we are. A big part of what I was talking about earlier and even the shift of um, continuing to, uh, to to release on a, on a more regular cadence, new product features and things like that. We never want to lose touch with the people uh, that help make Emma who Emma is. And so um, from that standpoint, that goes, that's everything from, as I mentioned, just the, the videos that play across the site to uh, when we release a new feature, we will take somebody um, internally, whether uh, it's a, an engineer or a, a product uh, manager who helped build that feature to talk a little bit about it, to even, you know, when we talk about, um, uh, actually they used me, which was probably not a good idea, they should have used somebody else to talk about our automation branching logic that we released last year. And so it was really cool for me. It took a, quite a few takes to make sure that I got it right. Um, <laughs> but it was really cool to, to be able to, um, to, to essentially be there to, uh, to talk through what, you know, what it can do for, for brands. And I think that's a cool thing. When you think about reading an article about, oh, great, you have this automation branching logic feature. That's, that's great. I'll read this, these four paragraphs and figure out what it is. To me, it's really, really cool to show somebody talking about it um, and also be able to kind of go back and forth with showing the person but then showing the, you know, what the app experience looks like too. And video is a tool that allows us to do that really easily. I'm also a visual learner, so if I can watch a video on something versus read pages and pages to understand, um, it's, it's super helpful for me. So I think from, from our standpoint, we want to make our videos educational, um, everything in our, in our, in our resource center, uh, for customers to, uh, to, to marketing and sales collateral that we have out there. We want to make sure that video is a component of that so that we can showcase the product, but also very, very, very clearly, um, highlight the people that help build it and make it move who it is. Yeah. I mean, I think video is definitely more engaging, especially today. Everyone's attention span is like, What's that? It's like less than a goldfish. Right. It's crazy. <laughs> it's terrible, but funny, and I understand it as someone who falls into that bucket probably. But I like the angle that you guys take with using video to show your culture because I think a lot of companies that are in tech and you know software, it's hard because what video do you show of your product? It may not be that engaging to someone on the outside, whereas if you can show off how great the people are at your company, I think that really puts your best foot forward. Right. When you lack other content for video, it's like, look at these pretty faces. <laughs> They're so happy. <laughs> yeah, I think that's. I, th I think you're. I think you're totally right. I think being able to, um, and even when you do have that content, when you have it coming from a person that, um, you know, take for example. Kevin Goldisich or Julia Gregory from my team, if they're working with uh, VIP customers and they watch that video, it's like, oh, hey, there's Kevin who I talk with on the phone. I, I've never seen Kevin before. That's really cool. <laughs> yeah. Like, uh, I know him. You know, there's there's that aspect too. And so I think it's really just the power in that can go a long way in continuing to build a relationship if you think about it that way too. And it's I, I, I like that it's a it's a priority for our brand. I think you guys, do you even do like bios of people or just like quick little interviews of employees that I see one of you? Or maybe it was like an in, like a blog interview or something. Yeah, so we used to, and this was this is actually funny. So back in 2007, 
um, back when Emma was uh, in a house, it was, you know, just <laughs> cramming people into a, to a house over on 21st Avenue. Um, our website, we had our Our People page, and on that, uh, it was a little picture and a quick bio, and all of the bios were uh, written by our CEO and co-founder, Clint Smith, which if you've ever read anything by him, he's, he's great. Um, he's great with words. And, and it was one of the most visited pages on our website at the time, and it was really cool to hear conversations. I remember uh, some of our sales reps, when people would call in, they would ask to speak to certain people because they saw something in their bio that was related to them. Um, and so uh, it was a really great, I mean, if you think about it, it's a, it's a really, really great um, you know, icebreaker in a sense to help people get to know if you think of networking events, right? It's like something like that where I can look at a site and get to know everybody that works there. Uh, as Emma's grown, uh, it's been, it's, it's harder to do that for, uh, for every single employee. So our people page now, it's still a great place to go and inter- to go interact, um, with, with our staff. You can, it actually shows everybody and you scroll over pictures. They're, uh, doing something silly too, in most cases. Shows a little personality. Right. I like that. Yeah. Oh, it's funny. I was, you know, doing my due diligence before this conversation and I was doing a little research on you and your bio from when you spoke at internet summit last year came up and I laughed because I think the last sentence in there is something like, and Cliff takes way too many pictures of his dog, Henry Wiggles. It's true. Yeah. I, I put Henry (laughs) Wiggles in presentation. I find ways to put him in presentations. Um, you've seen one, I think before. How can you not? How can I not? He's adorable. That face. Um, yeah. Hashtag Henry Wiggles. He's everywhere. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so living video for a little bit. Um, So this podcast is called From Creation to Close, meaning, you know, materials that are created to help your team close deals and grow your business. And that's what we cover. So I was curious, you know, what your team does to grow business must be very in the client retention side of things. You know, you make people happy, so they keep coming back and they want to keep using you and not go anywhere else. I'd love to hear a little bit more details around that client retention and if you do anything special besides, you know, the, of course, VIP red carpet treatment. Um, And if there was anything else, you know, that your team does to help grow the business in creative ways. So that's that's great. And actually, so our two two primary goals is, uh, you know, retention is one of them. I mean, it it is huge. Um, That is uh, in our roles. Retention is key. On top of that, um, we are charged with um, with with creating growth as well. And so, a lot of that comes with um, when, you know when you look at the titles of our team, we are client success. And where is that growth going to come from? It's going to come from showing them value in the product and continuing to make them successful uh, with with the goals that they set out to accomplish in, in our onboarding phase. We want to stay close to those throughout at every point. So. We we do need a lot in terms of resources to do that, and that's that's everything from um, just utilization metrics around how people are. It's a really sexy sounding thing, um, you're right. But but being able to understand how they how they are growing um, in terms of you know the the number of subscribers on their list, if they have list growth goals, um, if if they have uh, awareness and engagement goals, making sure that we're helping them look at their templates and advising on calls to action and and things like that. And so with those in mind, our our focus is is at every step of the way and 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 very closely with our VIP customers, um, but making sure that that we are, uh, it really does start at the front end, and I'll say that, and aligning on like what's most important to them as a brand, and then just at every at every milestone, at every touch point, we're coming back around uh, to to revisit those, and 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 be aware if there have been any changes that they have on their end where they want to adjust some of those goals. One of the interesting things we do 
our executive business reviews. And you know, previously uh, at at, at other jobs, um, we develop things like scorecards. Um, so where we're starting at the front end in that onboarding phase when, and keeping track of those goals and milestones, we are staying on a, on a monthly cadence. We're, we're going back and revisiting them and showing them how the customer's doing and, and providing insights on what they should do. And that was in the form of a one-sheet document, right? But it's here's your scorecard for the month. Yeah. Um, we want to build on that a little bit more with, with the executive business reviews um, to make sure that not only the day-to-day person that is in the account building and sending those emails is a, is, is is close and, um, and and tied to what 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 their goals are and what they're doing. But we want to make sure that that their leaders are there too. And so that's why we call it that. And so it's um, if it's if it's their director, if it's their VP, if it's their C level staff. Like our our focus is um, to make that that coordinator or whoever is in the account building the building the emails that we're making them the hero too and making sure that we're giving them everything they need. And, and so that's what, what, what that's about. Uh, the secondary piece of that is that it allows us to pull in our own leadership and really help those customers see, see the value of that partnership on a deeper level, right? Like if we're, if we're having our own leadership there too, uh, we really want to make sure that they don't look at us as a vendor, but they look at us as a partner. And so that, that's a newer initiative on, on our end that we're focused on um, and, and something that we've already started to see success in. So Yeah, yeah. I think if a, a business sees you as an extension of their team, right, exactly. that's when you get the people who are using your tool to go to bat for you. If it were to ever come down like, you know, end of your budget, it's like, what should we cut? It's like, well, we cannot cut Emma. They are part of our team at this point. So yeah. I think that's huge. That's awesome. That's one of your initiatives. Okay, so we're in Nashville. I know Emma has an office in Portland as well. And as I just learned, a few remote people mm-hmm. around the country, which is great. Your footprint is everywhere. But, you know, as far as Nashville, what what do you think about tech right now in Nashville? It's, it's an exciting time, you know? Yeah, so I moved to Nashville Actually, ten years, ten years ago, uh, about a month ago, and it is fascinating not only just to look around and see all of the new developments in terms of apartments and buildings and and and, and all of that, um, and the wonderful restaurants in this town too. But uh, you know, the 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 exciting thing is that more and more uh, tech businesses are 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 putting offices here, are coming to Nashville. There is such a, I think at the time when I moved here, there were only a few companies really, really doing that. And when you've thought about tech talent, um, it was, it was much lower on, on the scale across, um, you know, healthcare and things like that, that have been in this town for, for a long time. Um, but you look around now and it's, and it's, it, it's exciting. Like it's a really exciting time. I wish I could look back on when I, why I moved to Nashville originally and just be like, Oh yeah, I just, I saw all of this coming, you know, and, and, but it's it's so it's so great. Nashville's known as a is a music town, when, and and it's and that is one of the reasons that, that drew me drew me here. But it's so exciting that it's 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 become known for so much more than that now. Totally. I mean, music to- definitely, and I think secondary to that, healthcare people think of hugely here, which of course it is, but. I think it surprises people to hear that I think tech would be the third biggest industry right now in in Nashville, and that's crazy. Yeah, I, th- I think um, I mean all like we've got a few partner companies in town uh, too that are, are doing great things, and you know Eventbrite, uh, who's headquartered out in San Francisco, I mean they've got a, a key office here. Actually, some people that I, I used to work with that we used to work with are there too, doing uh, similar work in, in terms of client success. But Eventbrite, Lyft has a, a, a big office here. Um, Warby Parker, you know, as, as well. And it's cool that there, there's just a lot of buzz around that and a lot of companies continuing to 
invest here and it's awesome. Yeah, actually that sort of already covers my next question. I was going to ask about any cool companies that are in Nashville that you really admire and I think those three for me definitely are top the list right now. It's exciting to have those big companies in our little city here, but are there, is there anyone, anyone else? I don't know if you guys have any partners that are doing some cool stuff in town. Yeah, I, I think, um, a few, a, a few companies. Um, so of, Eventbrite, and actually I'll say this about Eventbrite. They, they're a partner of ours. Um, we actually just launched a new initiative. I say we as in our client success <laughs> team, it's really, really cool. So I ran into, uh, actually Amanda Sievers who, uh, heads up their account management team here in Nashville. I used to work with her, um, at, at a company called Rockhouse Partners. Um, and she's there now and we had run into each other at a conference recently and, um, talked about the idea of, of doing a, you know, bringing our teams together in a sense and talking about like, what are the challenges that you guys face? What are the, uh, you know, what, what are some of the wins and things that you've seen as well over the last year or the last quarter? And so we actually held our first like client success roundup and we did it at our office at our bistro and we had the Eventbrite team come in and all, all of the uh, Emma existing business team there um, as well as some representatives from a few, a few agencies in town and so we've decided to turn it into a quarterly thing it's going to be really really cool but it's it's I love it because it's again it's it's uh, Eventbrite's onboarding team was there like our onboarding team's there like there are ways to learn from each other in terms of uh, things we're doing right things that we feel like we can improve on and just new new ideas I think that's one of the biggest uh, aspects of it at all so to say that I'm I, that's another aspect that I love about Nashville is that these companies want to do that these people want to do that they want to make themselves better they want to grow and I really love the idea of bringing those people together um you know, to help do that instead of just saying, just staying in, in, in your own lane at your own company. Um, it's really, it's a collaborative community. And I think that's awesome. I, for all that to say, it took a few words to get there, but it's a collaborative community. I other, love it. yeah, other companies, uh, Kindful, uh, is, is another company that jumps out, uh, to me in terms of, uh, what they do with, you know, fundraising and donations, uh, software, uh, Smile Direct Club is a, is, a, is another company. We've actually, I know a few people, uh, that are there, um, that we used to work with yeah. as well. There are quite a few, but they're, uh, I hear their name everywhere. I'm seeing them on billboards too. And so there's, there is no shortage of, of new innovation happening in this town. Another, company that I do want to highlight. We held a company offsite last week at Red Pepper's offices. And I have always thought of Red Pepper as a, as a really great agency. Um, but they have developed another side of their business around their innovation labs. And so we had a, uh, a company offsite with our leadership team where we did some planning for the rest of the year. And we just took a couple of days and, and got a space over there. And it was it's really cool to do that. And just other companies that are there too. And the collaborate, like the collaborative spaces, again, going back to that Nashville being a collaborative community, it's a really interesting uh, thing that's separate from agency work. It's a, it's a unique way to allow businesses to continue to grow and innovate. Definitely. I think a lot of companies around here have a very open door feel to them. You know, we, you know, we go and we do offsite, you know, events at different companies as well. And I think it just gets the creative juices flowing, you know, people get more ideas and are, can be more motivated if they're outside the normal four, four walls they're in. And I love that. I love that we're all like kind of in this together, like let's make this city great kind of feel. And I think that's amazing. Actually, Kindful too, you know, we're working with them on some co-marketing stuff and that's awesome. they're a great team. And I, I mean, all the, all the companies you just touched on are awesome. So it's amazing yeah. that they're here. Well, and I even think, I mean, from 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 snapshot, 
perspective, snapshot and, and ecos, like what you guys are doing, even in your new creative space here that we're sitting in right now, like this is great. This is my first time in this office and uh, it's, it's awesome. But even this, uh, even this podcast, like this is the type of thing too, that's going to you know, make marketers better. And that starts here in Nashville too. So I think it's awesome. Like this is one of those innovative things that, that you're doing. I mean, I just talk to smart people <laughs> and they make me smarter. So it's great. <laughs> Well, cool. So I guess one last quick question, you know, is there any piece of advice you would give to anyone starting out, you know, graduating from college? I don't know what I want to do exactly, but client services seems cool or marketing seems cool. You know, any, anything you wish you knew back then? Oh, wow. Um, anything, there's so many things (laughs) that I wish I knew back then. I think the biggest question is find out, try, try different things and listen to your, listen to your feelings as you're, as you're experiencing those things. And I'll say that I did just that experience of, I worked for Emma's marketing team for, uh, six and a half years. And I, and I did enjoy that. It was great. I do I did not get the feeling that I get now being able to work across different clients and be able to celebrate wins with clients and communicate with them and help them accomplish what, what they want to do as well. And that was something that I learned when I, uh, you know, took on that first role of, of being more client facing. And, and there was an energy that I got out of that. So my advice would be, you know, if you're not sure what you want to do, if you're not sure uh, of, of what, what your career path is, is set on, like, listen, uh, li- listen to those feelings. Listen is that to your heart. Is listen that to your heart. I guess that's, I guess I'm trying to say, listen to your heart, but, but, but pay attention to those things that give you a lot of energy and that get you excited. And I'm not going to like, sometimes there will be days that those things are not awesome. And, and, and sometimes they frustrate you, but at the end of the day, you know, go back to those, uh, to those things of, of just saying, you know, when things go really well, I get a lot of energy out of that. Cause sometimes things go well and you don't get a lot of energy from that too. So uh, pay attention to those feelings, listen to your heart, I guess, as the, as you said, Christina, that's probably the best way to put it. Okay, yeah. well, we're going to play that song like underneath this whole part. Um, just, let's just name this podcast yeah, that. Listen yeah. to your heart with Cliff Core. <laughs> well, that's great. And I think that is such a good piece of advice because I mean, even if you're not just starting out, I don't, I don't really care how far you are into your career. You can, you can change career paths at any time. If you think to yourself, this isn't the energy that I want. I don't, I don't think anyone should feel stuck in what they're doing. hundred percent. Yeah. I think you should, you can always go out there and take a chance. And you know, if you are in finance and you're like, you know what, I think I could be a radio talk, talk show host, go do it, go try yeah. and figure out, figure it out. I think that's great. Okay. So that's a wrap on our questions. Anything else you want to add? No, just thank you for, for having me in. This is awesome. I really enjoyed it and I would Love to do it again. This is great. Totally. Well, I'm glad you came in. Before we sign out, I'll give a quick shout out to our sponsor, Ecos. Ecos is a cloud-based presentation management tool, and it is really awesome. If you're a marketer or client service services professional who has been looking to lock in content for your team to use without worrying that they'll make any off-brand changes, this is totally your solution. Trust me. Check out Ecos at ecosprez.com to see how you can upload all your content into one place for your team to access and use while also seeing the analytics of how that content is performing. And thank you, Cliff. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast from creation to close. You can find us on SoundCloud, iTunes, and Google Play Music. And you can also listen to episodes online at our website, snapshotinteractive.com backslash blog, and check us out.